0: For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the
1: artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these
0: diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper.
1: Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating today? For those of you who are here for the first time, welcome. I'm all about celebrating, celebrating life, celebrating art, celebrating each and every day if we take the time to do so. Now, I'd like to take you back for a little bit. Uh, I'm a baby boomer and I grew up at a time when there were three networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC. And in some households, there was a fourth channel. But I grew up in South Carolina. And growing up in South Carolina, we only had three networks. We even had an antenna that I had to go out and turn myself, not with a rotary. I had to go out and physically uh, turn the antenna to get one of those three channels to be able to watch them. But I grew up watching these great specials. And there were three uh, pivotal specials that come around every year. It was the Academy Awards, the Super Bowl, and the Miss America pageant. And right after Labor Day, on Saturday night, our family, and that means my parents, my grandparents, uh, my siblings, we would all sit around and we would watch the Miss America pageant. Well, there's a new docu-series out uh, celebrating uh, the legacy, and I love this, the future of the Miss America pageant. And I am so lucky because I have the directors, There are two of them. And the executive producer on the show today. Before I bring them on, I'd like to share with all of you the trailer for the film, and then you'll meet them on the other side. And guess what? They're all from South Carolina. It's gonna be a great show today. Here they are.
2: I remember an article in the Wall Street Journal, the year I took over, in which they talked about the Miss America pageant, the Super Bowl, and the Academy Awards as the three top-rated shows of the year.
0: First broadcast in 1954, crowning Lee Merriweather as Miss America. We're not only encouraging you to go to college, we're giving you dollars to do so. We cannot lose that. The biggest highlight of my year was going to Vietnam. I really felt like what I was doing was making a difference. Now, Our new Miss America for 1959. 1974.
1: 1993.
2: Very special moment. Kind of out of body, too. (laughs) I couldn't believe that it was actually
3: me.
1: Daniel, Stephen, Jay, welcome to the show and congratulations. It's a great series.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I have to begin. Uh, I'm probably the oldest one here. Uh, So I'm going to start there. Uh, How did the three of you come together uh, before we even talk about this uh, to work on this project?
0: That's an interesting story. And the reason we got into pageants is because of our executive producer, Jay Pitts. He, should I tell the story? He walked up to us (laughs) one random show we were working called the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame when we were leaving in 2013 and said, Hey, you, you guys come over here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? And y'all, made these, y'all made these videos? He made these videos. <laughs> and he we started a conversation and became friends. And the next year, we started working at the Miss South Carolina pageant with them, which he'd been doing for 40 years before that. And he's the reason we got into the pageant circuit and started making videos for the pageants.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, Jay, your father was involved with the Miss America pageant long before that.
2: Oh, yeah. Dad started in nineteen with the Miss South Carolina pageant Um, and it was actually held in Myrtle Beach at the time and the JCs that ran the organization back then moved it to Greenville and he produced, he was on production staff Miss South Carolina for almost 40 years and then was so good at what he did he actually worked on stage in Atlantic City for many years as a volunteer and associate producer there for Miss America, I should say. Now, Daniel and Steven, you, the two of you
1: uh, do a lot of documentaries together. Um, What is the process? I mean, two brothers working together, uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And how do you decide what makes it on camera and what doesn't make it on camera?
0: Well, it's good and bad. You know, we uh, hate (laughs) each other and love each other at the same time. (laughs) But me and Steven Steven think alike in a lot of things. So, you know, a lot of our creative process is is really smooth, actually. but we, we were at a, you know, and I'll tell a story of kind of like how we got into documentaries and, and Miss America is in 2019, we were at a pivoting point in our company where we really wanted to focus on documentary features and even narrative features. And I remember sitting, the story of how American reality came to be, and Jay will remember this, is we were sitting in my kitchen back in the end of 2019, and we were making a pitch for the Miss America pageant because we wanted to do some of their national broadcasts. Um, and it was a hundredth coming up on the hundredth anniversary. And I remember us all kind of looking at each other. Jay was wanting some special things to do celebrating the hundred years. And it was kind of like an aha moment of like, well, man, we've been producing shows with Jay for, you know, 10 years. We're documentary filmmakers. We're looking at what we're going to be doing next. Why in the world aren't we doing a documentary on the Miss America pageant? You know, knowing Jay's connections while we're all standing there in the kitchen, like Jay knows all these former winners. Yeah and we had already been familiar with the pageant circuit. So it was kind of like a no brainer, like no one else is stepping forward to do this. So it almost like a weight on our shoulders of like, I think we're the ones that have to do this. Right. And, and the story kind of,
3: you talk about kind of how, what's supposed to be in the documentary. How do we decide that? I mean, the story kind of made itself Mm -hmm. You know, the the whole premise of why we should do this. You know, like Daniel said is the 100th year was coming up 2021. And it's like, yeah, why is no one telling the story? And it, and it, turned out to be or, you know, supposedly was that we were the only ones who could tell the story like yeah. this. And,
0: and and Jay, you can fill in the blanks here. But I remember a couple months later, this is right when COVID was really happening. Jay came, came down. He was up in Greenville and he came down to Lexington and we all sat around. And Jay is familiar with the pageant for 60 years. So we were kind of like, all right, Jay, start talking about what you know about the pageant. And we just he would just talk. And we just wrote down in our laptops for hours, just like creating a list of all this stuff. Cause Jay had all the knowledge. He Mm -hmm. knew all these people, he knew the stories. And so our job was kind of take the knowledge that he had and we were trying to build story and narrative out of it. Right.
2: Well, the the other unique part of it is, is, you know, we were thinking an hour to two hours. And then Mm -hmm. after we sat down and really put all of the aspects together of what it takes for this iconic institution to run, we quickly realized it was going to have to, we could have done 10 episodes, 10 hours very yeah. easy. So it was a challenge to get it down to five episodes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then even a more challenge to get it down to 90 minutes. Yes. Um, the future, because yeah. if, if you know, I don't know Richard, if you're even familiar with it, is that the first rollout was a 96 minute cut and there's still five more episodes that are yet to be released by vision
1: films. It's amazing. And there's so many different uh, levels. It seems like every time the wind changed, the evolution or the shape of what the Miss America pageant uh, is uh, changed as well. Uh, And as Atlantic City was changing Mm, Uh, the Miss America changed. And not only are we getting a history of the Miss America pageant, but we're also getting a history of how Atlantic City was changing over the years as well. So you've got that backdrop. Uh, I don't even know if that was something that you guys were even thinking about as you were creating this, but I've performed in Atlantic City. I've done Mm -hmm. three long running shows in Atlantic City. And I know a lot about how the whole concept of the casinos And what they were supposed to bring to Atlantic City and the big dreams that came with that and also the dashed dreams that came with that. And you really touch upon that in this film. Right. I think
0: we were lucky because Jay and Jay will hit on this, I'm sure, right now. And because Jay was a volunteer for so long and he knows all his people, like the marriage between Atlantic City and the Miss America pageant was like something Jay was firm about right out of the gate. Like that was one of the most important things to talk about in this. Well, the,
2: the, the, the bottom line here is, to me, and and I may be offensive here to some degree, but the Miss America pageant in Atlantic City are synonymous. That's where it was founded. That's where the pageant began in 1921. Um, it's transitioned over the generations, but the city of Atlantic City uh, owned the Miss America pageant, in my opinion, forever. And... Um, so yeah, you can't tell the story of Miss America without telling the story of Atlantic City of as course. well. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
1: And I love that I mean the idea of I mean I can only imagine uh, I don't want to give away too much because <coughs> I want everyone to go and watch the film. Right. But I I have these images of Neptune coming out of the ocean and crowning uh Miss America and uh and tell us a little bit about um and her name escapes me for a moment. I'm having a senior moment. Uh, who basically shaped uh what we know now as the look and feel of the Miss America pageant. Mm. Yeah. That mm-hmm.
2: was Lenora Slaughter, Miss Slaughter. Yes. She she gets all the credit in my humbled opinion, because she's the one who decided that it should be more than a beauty contest. And it evolutionized from her into a scholarship organization. I know everybody kind of laughs at that, but the truth of the matter is, is women weren't going to school um, back in the day. And if they did make it to school, they didn't have scholarship money, so changed all of that and made sure that scholarship money came available, talent was a, a huge part of it, and she really put Miss America on the map. One of the unique things people may not know is that it wasn't all local and state title holders. So in the earlier years, Miss Philadelphia, Miss Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, any of the local cities or cities in the in the country could come and compete. She changed that format from a local to a state to a national level so that every state had a in the Miss America pageant. So she gets a lot of credit for the foundation of this organization. Yeah. Daniel and Stephen, uh, you are
1: the youngest ones here. Uh, sorry, Jay. Uh, so I want to ask. just hearing that. Up. Wait a
2: minute! I want to challenge the age thing when we get through because I, <laughs> I, I might be the oldest. Meaning you, really. okay? <laughs> but, uh, I'll I'll take that mantle today.
1: So, yeah. uh, but I want to ask you when you would tell other people that you're doing a docu series on the Miss America pageant. Hmm. Um, what kind of response do you get from your peers, and mm-hmm. what do they think about uh, the Miss America pageant because we've gone through many different uh things and and I think for me personally um the when the Vanessa Williams scandal if you will uh Truly changed the way that a lot of people began to look at the Miss America pageant, mm-hmm. both good and bad. You know, in terms of how she was treated, what happened to her, and uh, the whole Me Too movement that mm-hmm. has come since then. How do your peers, mm-hmm. you know, look at the Miss America pageant now? Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you, in your title of the docu series, you even mentioned that you are looking at its future as well. Mm-hmm. Right
3: that that was one of the uh I think the kind of running line that we had throughout this process when we when kind of coined it the very first time we went down to Florida in the very beginning in, uh, June of 2020 we we said this documentary this docu series could be one of two things it could be uh, the legacy of miss America as Miss America dies by the wayside or it could be uh its' savior you know, it could be the swan song or it could be the savior because it could bring a whole new audience to Miss America, which is our our goal. You know, I, we talked to a lot of people our age. My wife is one of those that was like, I don't care about Miss America. I see Miss America as a bunch of entitled young women who got everything they wanted. They were rich. They got you know, they, no one ever told them no. And then she watched the series and she was weeping at the end of it, going, "This is so powerful. I never knew what Miss America did, mm-hmm. not just for the women in it, but for the people around it." You know, and and we had countless stories like that in our in our friend group, and our you know extended family,
0: and, and our, our whole reach. I and I and I will say that even beside that, for most people, there's still a reverence for mm-hmm. Miss America. And Susan Powell actually talked about this. Yes, um, and I don't know how much it, it, not a lot of it, made the series, but. She would even talk about how she would stand on a street corner and someone could say she was Miss America and people will still turn their head because there's still a reverence for Miss America. People might not watch it anymore or even understand all the competition anymore, but people still turn their head for Miss America because it still means something. And even if they don't respect it or they don't understand it, it still means something. That's
2: even right now today. Miss America today will still turn someone's head. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me comment on what Steven was saying to, to his credit here. The story is told by two younger individuals are directed by two younger individuals with uh, a 50 plus year volunteer. And you don't have a bunch of old guys trying to <laughs> recap America. We are telling Miss America the way it ought to be told. Mm-hmm. And, we did test audiences. We've had a lot of younger people who've watched it just to see what they thought. And to me, and to your point, Stephen, that's the hope: mm-hmm. is that generation will realize that this is a hundred and two-year-old iconic institution. It's not going anywhere. She's going to continue on, but it's seen through the eyes of a younger generation. It's very edgy. It's non-traditional in the sense that most of us historians would, you know think it would be and Mm -hmm. it tells the story the good parts of the history of Miss America as well as the challenging parts so yeah kudos to the two of them for their creative
1: eyes absolutely uh Jay do you feel that uh the perception that they just described of how some people perceive these women um is a generational thing or has that somehow Mm -hmm. always been there Um, You know, the scholarship aspect of it is a very big part of this. Um, And it was and it's really brought home in this documentary. So, again, thank you guys for that. Uh, But do you feel that that um, the misconceptions that people have about this just being um, a show of women, you know, parading around in bathing suits and evening gowns and talent, uh, is uh, a misconception uh, that people don't really realize. And then also to see the works that they do as part of charity and beyond the work that they do—that I was
2: blown away to learn about. One hundred percent of what you said is, in my opinion, accurate misconception, because if you know what these women have done to get to participate in the organization and then look at the successes that they've had since they were um, Miss America or even a state or or local title holder, people don't know the story. They don't know what it's all about. And this documentary kind of explains that. And going back to the 30s and the 20-somethings, 30-somethings, they, they see this documentary and they're like, are you kidding me? When the Miss America pageant? When can we watch it? You know, and they're asking questions about that, which mm-hmm. I don't think the organization has had happening for quite some time. Right. And um, you know, the, so this documentary hopefully will pivot the next generation of Americans to watch this institution and she'll get back on a national telecast and people will start to understand it once more. Yeah. So, I don't know if that explains what you asked, but the bottom it does. It, it does. People don't know. So nineteen, uh, and
1: I also reached out uh, to the first televised Miss America, uh, also a friend of mine, Lee Merriweather, Uh, mm-hmm. but we were not able to get her here today. So uh, Lee, if you're watching, we love you. Uh, so uh, 1954, uh, it is shown on television, and it changes the face of the Miss America pageant, mm-hmm. and was America really aware of the Miss America pageant uh, before
2: television really put a face on it, if you will? No, I think television took it, not just nationwide, but worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you look at some of the segments in the documentary, you're going to hear some of our Miss Americas talk about not only traveling in this country, but traveling across the world. They even changed, the way women dressed we've mm-hmm. got erica specifically talking about when she got uh overseas i think it was in japan mm-hmm. you know they kept shooting or taking pictures of her legs because she was wearing a, a dress that was knee high versus all the way down to the ankles and mm-hmm. um and so yes yeah, so I, I absolutely think television brought miss america into a a limelight of of what she should be mm-hmm. and if you about it it's what me as we as Americans love it's all about comp it's all about art and beauty it's about talent, and those are things that we love watching you know while we're while we're sitting at home on television yeah so Daniel
1: and stephen what were you, what was your starting off point uh how did the film start I mean that first day of work uh where were you and how did it begin
3: <clears throat> I think that <laughs> that well, Daniel kind of already <laughs> talked about sitting around our kitchen table, mm-hmm. just listening to Jay's stories over the past forty years, fifty years as a volunteer. But the the very first thing we did for the documentary was um, June of 2020. Mm-hmm. We drove down to Florida and we met with uh, one of our associate producers, Vernon um, mm-hmm. uh, who's attached to the Miss Florida pageant, and and we just sat down with him and we and we said, hey here's what we want to do. Do you think this is a good idea? Do you think it has legs? Mm -hmm. Do you think it, would anyone care? And, and that was kind of, like I said, that's where that, that phrase was coined, but this could be the swan song or the savior, you know, he was on board from the beginning and he's been a
0: great help. Yeah. And it was, I think that was a cool time because we had me and Steven and then on the opposite side of the table, it's Jay and Vernon. So these iconic, volunteers, of the organization with the two new kids, who yeah. are like, all right, let's make some movies. And so it was awesome to kind of like have that dichotomy in the room. And Vernon's the one who actually, and Jay will remember this too. is Vernon's the one who actually came up with calling an American royalty because yeah. he was kind of doing well, what Jay did. He just kind of started spitting stuff out and we're writing, we're typing and that phrase just kind of came out.
2: Yeah. Well, we were comparing it to royalty, you know, yeah. of England and he said, you know, it's really kind of our American yeah. I looked over it. Both of y'all were like, wait a minute. There's the title right there. And so, yeah, he coined that. <laughs> and for 50 plus years, we grew up in this organization together. And that's how the friendship came about was through Miss America. So uh, with the, with the history there and the young generation, it just worked well. Now, Jay, you mentioned earlier, I mean, your father obviously was very much involved.
1: Was your father, uh, it was was because he was a JC that uh, got him involved
2: at the beginning, or how did he get started? So it was, yeah, the JC's, because the JC's, the national JC's ran the Miss America organization, helped sponsor it, and then the state JC's ran all the state pageants, and then the local JC chapters ran the local pageants. And so he was a a J.C. and uh, that's Junior Chamber of Commerce. I don't think they exist. right? Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. As a result of that, he was just a very talented, creative guy, loved the stage, loved live television and production. And he produced the Miss South Carolina pageant. They came to him and asked him and he accepted the challenge. And I got to give him credit, was award winning producer uh, in the organization for years. So that's how it all, that's how I got involved growing up from two years old, three year olds up to. uh, So you grew up in
1: it. I mean, was it uh, when you first started volunteering, what exactly did that
2: entail for you? Uh, Grunt worker. I mean, that's the truth. I mean, I was 12 years old. And finally, was able to go backstage at the Miss South Carolina pageant, and it was like, "Go get me a Pepsi Cola, go get me, you know, a pack of crackers, whatever it took." And so- I love the, the the story of the film where one of uh, the women says that
1: uh, you know, getting off the plane and there was Pepsi Cola waiting. For her. <laughs> yeah, she gets you to the hotel and there's Pepsi Cola, and she said uh, she had many root canals as a result.
2: <laughs> yeah, she was, was Miss America in 1965. And Pepsi-Cola was a huge sponsor for this. Yes. You know? So that's where all that was coming from. So, yeah. But that was that was how I got started. You know, it was just, I think, at the age of 13, I got a little more responsibility. And then finally, I got to go to my first Miss America pageant um, in 1973. And I will tell you this, there is nothing like walking into what was then called Convention Hall which mm-hmm. is now Boardwalk Hall. There's mm-hmm. nothing like walking into that iconic building and seeing that stage, along with that 130 foot runway back in the day, and the whole show that the producers put on for television just come together. That's yeah. You know, we got to be. I grew up with Burt Parks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when Burt Parks stepped down, that was a sad day for America. Mm-hmm. I That's mean, right. It, I mean, he was such an iconic part of it. Uh, Daniel and Stephen. again, um, there are so many uh, women that went on to incredible careers. I mean, they all had incredible careers, but some in the spotlight. Do you want to talk about some that just stand out for both of you in terms of the uh, fame that they continue to have? Some that they're going to all remember as you start to rattle off their Mm -hmm. names. Uh, maybe Jay can help with that as well. Jay,
0: yeah, Jay will know <clears throat> a lot of the big. But I mean, we know just doing a little bit of research. And mm-hmm. obviously, I knew Lee Merriweather before yeah. we were, yes. were going to do this documentary. <clears throat> she was yeah. huge. Uh, Vanessa and obviously Vanessa Williams. Like I grew, up, I grew up before we, you know, started making this documentary, knowing who Vanessa Williams. Yeah, was. yeah. Um, the other ones, you know, as we kind of learned, like Susan Powell is a great example of that. Yeah. Like I just know. Powell. Susan's history and learning that as we as we did this documentary was educational for us. You know, yeah. Dorothy Benham was another one. Yeah. And speaking of Burt Parks, I just I, let me tease the series for a second mm-hmm. here, because there's an awesome moment in the fourth episode of this series where Dor, or sorry, the third episode, third episode where Dorothy and Jay are in convention hall talking about all those iconic moments. And we do a whole 20 minute Burt Parks section in the series. Yeah talking about how he was iconic for the organization, how he ended up leaving, you know, the, the small scandal that happened on late night because of it. So there's a whole other part that people haven't even seen that cover exactly that. Like that's memorable. Like I remember talking to our grandma and this is one of the things that the Grammys, what she remembers like, Oh, Burt
2: Parks. I remember yeah. Burt Parks. Well, Burt Parks was this big a part of the Miss America page. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, it didn't hurt. That he so. was, oh, I mean, you make me really feel old. <laughs> I got to work with Burt Parks. And- <laughs> but I will I will tell you, uh, when he left the show, um, there was a huge outpouring of support for Burt Parks, so much so that in the, the series that you're talking about, Daniel, in American Royalty, um, we cover you know the fact mm-hmm. that a world-famous late-night show uh, brought Phyllis George back on the show to talk about Burt Parks is firing and, you know, petitions were signed and this thing went on for about a solid week or so every night it was covered. And, and we've got all that in the documentary. So oh, wow. it'll yeah. take you yeah. when you watch it.
3: <laughs> Talk <laughs> about like like Burt Parks. And, and since we keep throwing age around as the young buck, here, <laughs> <laughs> who, who never knew who Burt Park was until starting to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that segment, you know, I can't wait. We keep kind of teasing it. I can't yeah. wait until everyone gets to see the series because episode three, almost none of that is in the feature. Yeah. And that right. whole bird how, how
1: soon will we be able to see the rest of this?
3: We're hoping uh, probably end
0: of the year. Okay. Yeah. We're not we're not sure when it's gonna roll out, but yeah, yeah, we're hoping by the end of the year they'll yeah. find a home for the series.
3: Vision has kind of a, a plan of how they go through the feature, then into the series. And yeah. So we're we're hoping into the year. We're not hundred percent sure on that yet, but but there's yeah, there's a lot of content we want people to see. And 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 that that speaking of that Burt Park segment, I mean, that has become my favorite segment mm-hmm. in, in all of this. Yeah, this, and it that dears you to him, yeah. And that
0: leads on in Three, which is something we don't talk about really in the feature either, is talent. How big talent's mm-hmm. been for the Miss Merit organization. I mean, not only scholarships setting them apart, but the talent competition setting them apart. Yeah.
1: That's well, awesome. having not seen that yet, uh, and I again, I don't know how much you want to give away, uh, <laughs> but uh, N.J. When that all happened with uh, Bert uh, no longer being a part of the pageant. Uh, were there major growing pains uh, moving forward? Uh, and I remember, you know, the different hosts over the next couple of years, but trying to find its footing as to moving forward. And I remember even, and I was a young kid, guys, by the way, uh, <laughs> I, but I remember uh, everything. It was it was major news every day that this was uh, such a major uh, news item. I mean, when you think about what we're hearing about the news these days, that that was such a major news item at that time. Mm
2: -hmm. It was it was huge. And um, you got to know that Bert Parks was on that stage for 25 years. And his last show was 1979. And when he left, he came back a number of years later. And my favorite remark from Bert Parks was, you know, when I left in 1979, I didn't think I was going to be walking away forever. And, uh, um, and so it was huge news. And then they tried. And the reason that Miss America gave, and I understand this, uh, but it didn't work, was because they were going to try to attract a younger audience. They wanted younger viewership to, to turn on Miss America. And Bert had been there forever. Um, but, you know, you can't take... There she is away from him. You can't take that crowning moment where he greets the new Miss America and says, subjects, greet your queen. Here she comes. That's... And you just can't take those nostalgic moments away. Even the younger generation loves watching that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think backfired a little bit on Miss America in the moment. You know, it's they a... struggle there for a while.
0: And, and that story it kind of epitomizes what the organization has been doing for a hundred years. And it's just like any other organization. It's just like churches today or, you know, large companies, everyone has to stay relevant and everyone's going to have scandals. <clears throat> and so the big scandal with Miss America, and we cover this a little bit in the documentary is everyone's like, Oh, well it just got irrelevant. You know, it's not important anymore. Okay. Well, people were talking about that in 1927, 1928, 1929. I mean, this has been going on since the beginning. And so, uh, well, it's just, and then the other thing, it's not relevant anymore. It's, it's the, you know, 2020 now. People were having those conversations in 1970. Yeah, you know, exactly. so this is like something that happened. You know, it's just something that happens over and over and over again for everybody. And that's mm-hmm. why I mentioned, like, it happens with organizations. It happens in religion, then, churches. like, it keeps happening.
1: Which well, one of the is uh, things that we've all experienced, I mentioned this in my introduction, I grew up at a time where there were three networks. And those three networks, uh, as a result, there weren't as many options for people. So on a Saturday night, the family would sit around and watch a show together. And so three generations in my household would come together to watch the Miss America pageant. And, uh, and then cable comes along and social media and mm-hmm. all these other things. And it seems, you know, when you touch upon this in what I've seen so far, it loses its footing. Mm-hmm. And it ends up even going to cable uh, for a while and people don't know where it is anymore. Uh, can you address that aspect of the film?
0: Yeah. And Jay, you know, a lot about, and we cover that, but a lot about that history of their time on major networks
2: and then going to cable. Well, so going to cable and leaving Atlantic city were synonymous and they, they, um, Well, there's a lot to it. and You'll have to watch the documentary.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there is a lot to it. Just tease us a little bit with
2: this. (laughs) But with that said, the the pageant needed money and they found themselves getting offers from Las Vegas. So the board of directors at that time said, let's move the pageant out to Vegas. When they did, uh, the network didn't stay with them. So they had to rely on uh, the, the TLC, the Learning Channel. And then they went to country music channel um, and uh, then finally came back to Atlantic city. And that's when the national television network picked them back up again. So, and there's a lot to all of that. And there's, we covered in somewhat of detail there and you can see it in the documentary. It's very interesting, but that's, that's, that's the synopsis of what happened, you know, but, but I'll also tell you this going back to the whole relevancy issue, they opened the 1974 telecast the first question Burt parks asks at the beginning of the show the top of the show is is miss america relevant anymore and that was in 1974 mm-hmm. and he answered the question he asked and then the show kept going in in the in the uh, 80s you know we had to vote on whether to keep swimsuit competition in the show it was a 3 hour telecast and the question was, should we eliminate swimsuit? We'll let America mm-hmm. decide. And there was a national vote during the show. If America said, keep it in, swimsuit competition was going to happen 30 minutes later. If America says, cut it, they were going to put another competition in in replace of it. And overwhelmingly was keep the swimsuit competition in. And if you look back at the viewership, and that was, I want to say, in 84 or 85 mm-hmm. viewership, was way up that particular year, um, and so people enjoyed, you know, watching things unfold on live television like that. Well, and we I mean, had cable. go ahead. I'm sorry. But I was saying, say, back then we had cable as well, so it was all about the show, all about the telecast, entertainment, you know, and it's what America loves. And, and I will say it with
0: Jay. It's what Jay's point, too, is that they were always kind of on the cutting edge mm-hmm. is I think what, what we learned when we were doing research for is getting them. And it wasn't just Lenora, but it was a lot of the other leadership of the organization mm-hmm. at the time. And Jay, you remember some of this um, is getting on television in 54 was cutting edge for them. Yeah. You know, the, the reason it became synonymous is because they were one of the big shows doing it like, you know, the Academy Awards and the Super Bowl. And so doing the the phone calls, like Jay saw him out in the 90s, when you have like these, even before American Idol, you know, everyone's got to vote. Yeah. Everyone's got to do all this stuff. So adding these cutting edge techniques, I think, kept audiences engaged. And I, and what you see now is there's not so much of that anymore. Right. They've kind of lost the cutting edgeness, if I can say that, of what they were doing before to keep audiences involved. Yeah.
1: Well, I was going to ask, I mean, at that on that particular episode or that, uh, that particular year, um, also, if I'm not mistaken, I could be off a year or two. It was also around the same time that reality television mm. was starting to make a headway on television. And do you think they were trying to tap into that type of a mentality in terms of the show? And uh, was it, for lack of a better word, a gimmick to get people to tune in? Yeah. that year?
0: The whole thing's a gimmick. <laughs> 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 That's is that right, Jay? That's what they say from the beginning. It That's was right. always a gimmick,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. They do say it, but you said it, not me. I'm not gonna say <laughs> it. It's a,
0: and I'll yeah. say it like this it's a gimmick that came that became very important for right. women, and right. very important well, to Atlantic City, and very important but, for businesses. Yeah,
2: But look, what's I mean Compared real quick, what, what people are watching today. If you look at American Idol, if you look at The Voice, if you look at any of those reality television shows, it goes back to what we said originally. America loves competition. They love beauty. They love talent. They love art. And the Miss America pageant was the original reality television show. Yeah, yeah. We let a few others be a little more creative and get ahead of us, and we can get it back. It's it's doable. We just have to get that show back.
0: And remember – and Jay will remember this too. And and you, Stephen, did a lot of the editing for this part of one of the episodes. Is remember when Miss America in like 2006, 2007 was it when they went on TLC? Mm-hmm. They were trying to do a more than 2000 esque conventional reality TV show. So yeah. they were trying to be that, but they did it a little late. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, it was late, but it was also just hokey. Hokey. Yeah. It was like these, these girls,
3: these, model type women living in a house together mm-hmm. and then getting all catty. And it was, it was just, it was just weird, you know? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't Miss America. I think of that. Yeah.
2: Well, there, there's another word that we haven't used very much on this call today and that's tradition.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: yeah. Miss America is an American tradition. And there are some things that you just don't change, yeah. right? You the right. traditions alive in the way they should be. And uh, one of the Miss America's comments in the documentary, she goes, you know, why are we chasing what someone else thinks? Why don't we stick to who we are, do what we do best and enjoy that? And if you don't like it, you don't have to turn it on and watch it. And I'm like, you know what? That's very true. So be careful of changing too much because tradition might go away. And I don't know that America likes that.
1: Yeah. Well, You know, uh, I had mentioned before we went live, Susan Powell. Uh, I've seen her uh, many times on stage. She's an incredible actress, incredible singer. Um, and I saw her in Hello, Dolly! with Leroy Reams. Uh, dear friend, many of our viewers uh, know him well. Uh, Leroy Reams, you know, talks about, you know, on Broadway, they do a lot of revivals of shows. And when they come along now, uh, they want to revise the show. And, put you know, d- new directors want to put their new spin on it. And he says it's like a red velvet cake. We all know what a red velvet cake looks like. We all know what it tastes like, but let's say Daniel and Steven, you say we're gonna make a red velvet cake for Easter, but instead of this ingredient and this ingredient and this ingredient, we're gonna put this ingredient in and we're gonna put this ingredient in and we're gonna put this ingredient in. in." Well, it damn well better taste better than me. Which, uh, <laughs> otherwise, why bother?
3: I yeah, mean, yeah. people
1: are tuning in to see Miss America. They want to see the Miss America pageant. Right. And, you know, and there are the different, you know, we see throughout this uh, at one point during the series. Um, and, you know, and several of the women, uh, you know, one of the uh, women uh, mentions that she, um You know, she talks about the whole women's lib movement Mm -hmm. and they come down and she says, Well, if they are willing to give me a scholarship, I'll gladly (laughs) take it, you know, which I thought was a a brilliant comment. Uh, And then, you know, and then another one talked about the whole uh, controversy regarding swimsuits. Mm -hmm. And she said that she really, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but the idea that, uh, you know, of women really applying themselves and doing their best to look their best, uh, you know, in those moments. And it's not to take away, uh, you know, or to put anything on the physicality of anyone or to pass a judgment call, but just to say it's something to aspire to.
3: Mm, yeah, yeah. It, it seems almost like they, they were trying to be like we talked about on the cutting edge back in the 80s and 90s. But they did it right because they had such great minds behind what they were doing, mm-hmm. like such as Leonard Horn. Leonard Horn, yeah. But now it's like we're trying to be cutting edge. We're trying to stay relevant, but not the right way. We're just kind of letting the culture blow whichever way it may, and we're not really thinking about what we're doing. It
0: yeah, seems like. you're not balancing what Jay's talking about is you have the innovation, but you have the tradition. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard. I'm not saying uh, – I. You know, blame Miss America for every misstep. Like we all have missteps and, you know, we all struggle with getting the right balance in life, but. uh, And there
1: have been a few along the way. I mean, I was really, you know, and I had never really thought about this until you pointed out uh, in the docuseries, uh, Bess Meyerson was the Mm -hmm. first Jewish uh, Miss America. And then lo and behold, she becomes the spokesperson, you know, and she's there in a very active, very uh, visible part of uh, Miss America. Thank God for that. Yeah. And, you know, there are things.
2: Think about what you just said. She opened that show for a number of years after that, but yet it took a number of years for the Miss America organization to allow Jewish women to compete. So, but Mm. that's how she ended. And she, you know, she met those needs not just for Jewish women, but for African American women, for women with disabilities, Heather Whitestone, for example, you know, our first deaf Miss America, and she was a ballerina, did an incredible talent on stage to win that title. And so, yeah, she she has transcended over a time to adapt mm-hmm. to what America yeah. needs and wants. Yeah. And then, I mean, again, with uh, Vanessa Williams,
1: uh, I mean, other African-American women who followed her, Mm -hmm. they felt that because of that scandal, that there was a scrutiny placed on them that were not necessarily placed on white women uh, because of what she, uh, you know, uh, something that, you know, photographs that were taken X number of years prior to that. Mm -hmm. Do you think in today's world, that that scandal would have the same impact that it did at that time.
3: No.
2: <laughs> I, I don't think at all. I mean, I was there in the convention hall the night Vanessa won, and she deserved that title, and everything that she brought to this to the stage was phenomenal. And I remember when the scandal took place, and there were a lot of disgusted, upset people at what came out in that particular magazine. And uh, the right thing was done in 1984 when that happened. I wouldn't want my daughter to pick that magazine up and think that it was okay to be Miss America. Um, And I think more than anything, Vanessa understood that, and Leonard Horn tells that story very well. Mm Now make sure we understand Vanessa earned everything she got and she deserved the scholarship money and she deserved that title and if it were to happen in 2023 I don't think America would be nearly as concerned about it as they were in 1984 no, no. you know things have changed and we're more accepting and more open doesn't make a lot of things right but we're accepting and more open to to all kinds of things and uh that, that transpired since 1984 right right
1: Daniel, what do you think was the biggest turning point for you in terms of everything that you've learned about Miss America? Uh, you know, something that you didn't know that changed your whole concept in terms of the way that you look at the Miss America pageant now.
0: Um, man, that's a tough question. Yeah, I, I think you've already hit on something that uh, a section that I really liked, and I was not really the one who built that section out, but came back and kind of shaped it and we talked about this early on with jay but i didn't understand its importance was lenore slaughter so a woman running that organization in the 40s to me was so impressive because as we kind of went through the history of the organization i started realizing what she really did for that organization and i mean My gosh, if they had her leadership today, I can't even imagine how great that organization would be. I mean, you look at what she was doing with scholarship then, you know, bringing in talent, like who, who knew that she could run that organization so well and that she did run that organization so well.
3: And she was way ahead of her time. I mean, talk about, talk about scholarship in general. I mean, and I don't remember which Miss America it was that said this, but they said, oh, in the in the '40s, you went to college to you know get a degree mm-hmm. and get married, find a husband. Yeah. You that know I mean, BB. that was B.B., yeah. That's right, it yeah. Was yeah. BB. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, but but the foresight to help women get to college, mm-hmm. to get an education, to kind of shape the culture to where it has become now. I mean, it, that was the beginnings of the talk about the feminist movement, the progressive. I mean, like that. Yeah, that was the beginnings of it, and what it was always intended to be. Yeah. is
0: empower women. And it was an interesting perspective I mean, for us because we're, it sounds weird to say, but it's like, we're three men who are making yeah. this documentary on women. And yeah, I, I think we've realized that also. It's mm-hmm. that it, there's a detachment from the story because mm-hmm. we can't experience what they can experience, but we also can see it from a different perspective. Right, all And right, let me so I think it's been really unique.
1: Throw so me a curveball. All ball.
2: that sounds really good, guys. I love everything you said, and I buy it. About this much.
1: <laughs> now he's speaking as an executive producer. So, yeah. <laughs>
2: right. there, tell the world what it's like to get bitten by the Miss America bug and what drives you to want to do it over and over and over again, year after year after year. Yes, the women are important, the The shows, important, but how much fun did we have mm-hmm. doing this mm-hmm. and doing the shows that we did in South China? Talk about that. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm sorry. I didn't tell you that part. Yeah. There's some guy, some 65 year old guy who comes up to you and says, now you better get in there and make those videos. (laughs) (laughs) You mean that part?
2: Yeah. I'm talking about, (laughs) well, there's, there's a whole thing. There's a whole group we haven't talked about and you got to give them credit. And it's, it's the volunteer and you wouldn't have a Miss America organization without the volunteers, without that group of women in Atlantic City who call themselves hostesses and travel companions and thousands upon thousands of others across the country. And, and and myself included, the two of y'all were volunteers. You know, we we ate up year after year after year coming together and producing the show, doing these videos, You know, it didn't hurt that we were in Atlantic City where you can go take a drink of liquor and gamble some and have a lot of fun in that respect with people from across the world that our country that you've gotten to know that you call friends. It's it's once it gets in your system, it is it is hard to get out. I mean, it's just that kind of family.
0: you know. And to your your point, Jay, I think something that I mean, we knew because of you, Mm -hmm. but I think. People who've watched the documentary, it's really helped change their perspective on yeah. is Bonnie, it's Bonnie Sergany says this perfectly is that organization's not just for the women who win. Yep. It's for all the people who participate and are volunteers and help it year after year. Yeah. When they talk, when the volunteers talk about we we came back, we realize those women come back. They cared enough about that organization to give back to it year after year after year. And look at what they got out of it. Yeah. It's not just getting a crown and I got, you know, $50,000 of scholarship money and, you know, and some of those women and they're amazing women. And then they leave, mm-hmm. but there's other women who stay around and men because of the JCs who stay around year after year, after year, after year to build that organization of what it was today. Yeah. And I think that's something that we learned because of Jay, because we were volunteers, but I think America is starting mm-hmm. to learn for the first time. Right.
1: Right. So, Stephen. you mentioned earlier, your wife, uh, and, uh, how involved is she in the process? I mean, do you share, you know, your daily work with her? And is, has she shaped this film at all? She didn't
0: sign that NDA.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so she she's got a completely different background. She was she's actually she was a dancer growing up, so okay. she, she can relate to that side, of the production side of it. But but uh, no, she never. Other than just hearing my stories every every day, coming home saying. So guess guess what I learned about Miss America today? You want to know about Susan Powell? You want to know about Powell?
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I show her little cuts, little trailers here and there, and that's where she kind of really gets gets pulled into this world.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to read a little note that I got here from Susan Powell. Uh, Hi, Richard. I'm sorry I can't do this today. Uh, I actually just watched American Royalty on Amazon Prime, so it's available, everyone. Uh, a couple of days ago, it's good. I, of course, love seeing all the old film clips and photographs from those early years. Such an honor to be a part of this uniquely American legacy. And uh, she goes on to say, uh, thank you for inviting me to be on the show. Sorry I can't be there. Miss America, 1981, the 60th Miss America crowned.
2: Wow. Yeah. Susan Powell's an incredible human being. I mean, tons of fun. And I'm, I, you know, that's something I don't think I even realized that she was the 60th Miss America, and that's a kind of a big deal for, for all these Miss Americas. You know, tell you what year they were crowned and how many years into the history of this organization they are. Um, but if you don't know Susan Powell, not only is she a phenomenal talent, but she is a ton of fun to be around as well. She will make you laugh every time you're around her, just by listening to her. Absolutely. You know? Now, I've got one last question I
1: want to ask each of you. Excuse me. And then I'm going to give you each a a chance to have your final word today. Um, But, uh, and I'll start with you, uh, Daniel. Um, With all the work that you've done on this, and you've been involved, of course, in the pageant circuit and everything uh, leading up to this, how has this particular project shaped you? Oh, man. This has been... (laughs) I'm not... (laughs) I'm going to put
0: learning about Miss America aside because I think Steven and Jay might have different answers, but they'll agree with this. This project has been a bear, um, but it's also been a huge labor of love yeah. for the past three years. It's been our life
3: mm-hmm.
0: like every day and, and even still today, obviously, because we're on this program. Thanks, Richard. Thank um, you. Thank you. But this we're always doing something. For American royalty, even today, I'm still working day to day to day to day on making this project more available for people, getting the word out, um, cutting clips, doing things. So it it has shaped I'll, I'll say it like this. It's shaped <coughs> the filmmakers because it's been the biggest project we've ever undertook. And Jay will definitely agree with this. And Stephen knows his pain is like there's been nothing like putting this project together because of just how we never understood how much work it would be. I don't think we really understood. Hey, this is a hundred year old organization. <laughs> oh, wait, this is a hundred year old organization. We got to put all this content into Right. Yeah. So, but it's been rewarding. It's been rewarding to see people's response. I think when we first, I mean, I'll say it as one of the directors on this, when we cut it down to a 90, I would have just been happy if people were like, man, it's passable. It's okay. Because it would, it's been hard to pick the content that we wanted in 90, but people's response, the ratings that we've got, the critics response we've gotten. I'm just
2: overwhelmed that they like it so much. Yeah. And it means a lot because it's well, a lot of work. To your point, the Miss Americas that have commented on how good it is. Yeah. means a lot to me because, you know, I, I've grown up knowing all of these women and I respect every one of them and I their opinions matter. If they yeah. don't like it, it hurts if they like it. The reward is just that much greater. It just puts a smile on our face. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Steven, how, how do you feel that this has shaped you?
3: I, I honestly would just second what what Daniel said. I mean, you know, we we were kind of in the church tr- trenches in J2 literally. Yes. The past three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, 2020, March and then going into June of 2020. So mm-hmm. it's been three years now in the making for this. And it has been day in and day out. I mean, we never even knew how much it would be because mm-hmm. it was, you talk about, well, we got five hours of content in five, one hour episodes for the yeah. series, but that's coming from, we interviewed, what do we, what's the final number we came away with? 28 Missing America's. Wow. Each of those interviews were minimum of two hours. Yeah. So you're talking about going through almost 70 hours of footage Which... combined to bring that into a five-hour story has been a bear indeed. Yeah, and I, even to this day, we're still. I've got a friend who's actually about to compete in the Miss For America pageant, and we just bought an ad out for her and 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 advertised American royalty. Hey, come watch it. Good luck, you know. And and so even today, we're still doing work for this the people, not only who are involved in this and who are close to this, like in Miss America, we hope they love it. Like Jay said, it hurts when they don't yeah. We want them to love it. We want them to see what it could be for the pageant, but also the people like us or like my wife or like our friends who never knew what Miss America was. We want them to come into the fold and say, wow, there's something special here.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely made us better filmmakers. <laughs> like, right. we,
1: we've walked yeah. away with learning how to tell better stories. I can't wait for the rest to come out. I just loved it. And Jay, I've got a trivia question for you. How many uh, yes. South Carolinas
2: have won Miss America? <laughs> two. That's it? We've had two, Miss- <clears throat> we've had two. We've had two Miss South Carolinas. You had Marion McKnight in 1957. And then you had Kim Aiken, Miss America 1993 from South Carolina. Now, if you look at the number of first runner-ups, top five, top <laughs> tenors we've had, that list is a mile long. Uh, winners. That's, that's you right,
1: know? Wow.
0: And we yeah. got them both for this documentary. That's right.
1: Well, I've got to say, um, there's one other woman that I want to uh, give a shout out today, and that's your publicist, uh, Andrea McKinnon. Yes. Yeah. So, Andrea, thank you so much you, Andrea, uh, for reaching out to, to me and suggesting this show. I hope you have had as much fun as I've had. Um Don't go anywhere. I'm going to give my final word, and then I'm going to turn it over to you and Daniel and Stephen. And when you finish, I'll turn it over to Jay. You've got the final word today, Jay. Uh, Don't worry about how to end the show. Uh, When you say goodbye, the final credits will roll. Uh so I just want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh the film is American Royalty. It's available now on Amazon Prime. Uh it is an incredible series. You're going to have to wait a little while uh to see the rest of it, but it's it's going to be worth the wait because mm-hmm. it's incredible. Um you know it's just amazing this history and all of these and it takes a village as you can see. Um all the volunteers, all these people and it's a rich legacy and there's so much more that you think that you know that I learned watching this. Uh, Lee Merriweather, if you're watching, I love you. Uh, Susan Powell, I love you. Thank you uh, both for uh, all that you've contributed to the world, the gifts that you've given, and all of the Miss Americas, Mm -hmm. and all of the runner-ups, you're Mm -hmm. all winners. Everyone who participates, you're a winner. Uh, Everybody, every volunteer, you're winners. I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Pick up the phone and call someone that you haven't spoken to in a long time. I don't mean an email. I I don't pick up uh, an email address or uh, a private message. Pick up the phone and call someone and let them know how they've made a difference in your life. Uh, I have a dear friend. He says, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different size boats, Some are in canoes, Some are in yachts. Some are in little rafts going upstream. Some are pushing tugboats upstream. It doesn't matter, as long as you have a skipper by your side. And with that note, I'm gonna leave the screen. I'm gonna turn it over to you, Daniel and Stephen. And when you finish, it'll be yours, Jay. Thank you. And everybody watch this film after this show. I'll see you later. And thank you for being here today. Awesome.
0: Thank you. Well. Thanks Richard for having us and um, go check out our website for more information on American royalty and when the series is going to release. It's been an honor. I mean, a huge honor of mine Mm -hmm. to be able to be a part of a documentary where we get to shape the story of this hundred year iconic organization. So thanks to this team. I mean, Jay and Steven, I mean, I think we've had a great team behind us too. And all the people that Jay's brought on board that he's known through the organization. So man, go watch this documentary. We're really proud of it, and we hope you'll like it.
3: Yeah, and and I, kind of like I said already, it, you know, to all the people who are involved in this organization, who are close to it, around it, the Miss Americas, the, the competitors, everyone, you know, this this is for you. So mm-hmm. we hope you you enjoy it. We hope you you come into the fold. We hope yeah. you love it. We hope it does something to you and for you. Um, and then for for all those who don't know, don't care about Miss America, we hope we hope this can can be something to you.
2: So no. thank you. All I have to say is she's an iconic institution. She's been around for 102 years. And you don't hang around that long unless you're worth something. And she's worth more than any of us will ever know. Turn on the documentary. Learn the history of this institution. Whether you like her or don't like her, you have to respect her. And uh, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. It's an iconic institution full of American history. Thanks for having us. Guys, we'll take care. We'll see you next time.